You're about to hear a sermon from Han Vision Church in Lawrenceville, Georgia, delivered by Joe Song from her study on the gospel according to Matthew. Thanks for listening to Han Vision. All right, this is what Jesus said. He told, he put another parable before them, and he said, them saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make its nest in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. All these things Jesus said to the crowds in parables. Indeed, he said nothing to them without a parable. Thus, uh, this was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. Let's pray. But I want you to pray for yourself this morning. The parables of Jesus are literally designed to only to only be understood by those who have a humble heart. If you think that you know like something, like you're like, oh, I already know this story. I've heard this a million times or whatever. You, those are the people, that's the attitude that cannot hear the truth of the parables. Does that make sense? Like Jesus is, is a genius. He made his parables so that only those who are hungry and who are open to hearing the truth of God, who are open to hearing something different than maybe they even intended, can hear. So let's ask God to give us open hearts and humble ourselves and say, Lord, I want to hear what you have to say to me today. So can you open your heart up to this passage and ask God, and then uh, I'll pray for us. So take take a moment just to pray for yourself. Now, Lord, will you open up our hearts, humble our hearts. May we be open to your spirit and that we may hear the things that have been hidden since the foundation of the world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Jesus is teaching about on the parables on the kingdom of heaven. Each parable he starts by saying the kingdom of heaven is like this. And the reason why he's doing this is because he's trying to teach the world that the kingdom of heaven is different than what the world thought it was gonna be. Because if it was exactly the way everyone thought it was gonna be, Jesus wouldn't have to teach anything and say, no, no, the kingdom of heaven is like this. Do you guys understand what? Jesus is trying to tell us the kingdom of heaven is different than what we expect. The people in Jesus's day expected the kingdom of God to look a certain way. And even today, we expect life with Jesus or the kingdom of heaven to look a certain way. And Jesus is saying, no, it's not what you expect. It's more like this. And one of the first things that Jesus is saying through this parable is that the kingdom of heaven is really small, (laughs) right? Like it's actually tiny, like a mustard seed. A mustard seed was literally the smallest thing that they uh, could think of at the time. Like often rabbis during the first century would use a mustard seed to represent the smallest possible thing. Not that the mustard seed was literally the smallest thing, but they would just use it as an example 
as imagine the smallest thing ever, right? So to us, it would be like, what's the smallest thing you could possibly think of? Like a hydrogen atom, right? I don't know, an electron, a quark, a subatomic particle. I don't know, go as small as you need to go, all right? Just imagine the smallest thing ever. That is what the kingdom of heaven is like, something super small, which is weird because we think everything that is God should be huge. Everything that is good, that is worth going after should be big and loud and epic, right? That's why we like big churches. That's why we like big conferences. That's why we like big loud songs, right? That we, everything has to be big and loud and in your face or that can't be God, right? And that's, I mean, that's natural. That's what the world is like. We are always going after the big, the bold, the loud, the flashy, the fancy, the epic things. And Jesus is saying the kingdom isn't like that. And if you're looking for big and loud and strong and powerful and wealthy and glamorous, you're going to miss the kingdom because the kingdom is actually like the smallest thing you can think of. That's what Jesus is saying. The people of Jesus' time were looking for a Messiah that was, that was powerful. They thought when God was going to come to bring the kingdom, he was going to come down from heaven riding on like a, a giant horse with lightning coming out of his hands. He'd be like, I'm here and like destroy the Roman empire and build a Jerusalem out of the ground. I don't know, rebuild the temple. And it was going to be all crazy and, and glorious. And then the Israelites will rule the world. He would put the government upon his shoulders. That's what they were looking for. They were looking for a king that looked like a king. They looked powerful and mighty, had armies behind them of angels. They're looking for that. Someone who would come and slaughter all of their enemies that have been oppressing them for hundreds of years. Like finally he comes and Jesus is like, if that's what you're looking for, you're going to miss the kingdom. And today we're looking for the same stuff, right? We're looking for bigger, better. We're looking for power. Look at all the things we chase after in our life. We're chasing after success. What does that mean for you? I bet it's not small. I don't know what it is for you, but I bet it's big. I bet it's more. And I bet you're always striving. That's what our parents tell us to do. You have to be successful. That means you have to have more money. You have to have more fame. You have to have more respect. You have to have a higher position. It's always up and it's always more. That's what we are taught to look for. That is what we are taught to strive towards, to build our lives for, to plan for, for more, for bigger, for stronger. In our lives, we spend chasing after these things. And that's why so many of us miss the kingdom of heaven because the kingdom is not in these things. God is not about those things. He says the kingdom of heaven is actually like the smallest thing you can think of. And those who are truly mature understand that. There was a prophet, a man of God named Elijah in the Bible. And he was someone who knew the Lord. And there was a time where he was taken up on a mountain and, he, and God said, I'm going to come by. So watch out for me. And there was an earthquake You'd think if there was an earthquake, that's where God would be. But it said God wasn't in the earthquake. And then there was a fire, a whirlwind of fire that came through the mountain. And he wasn't in the fire. They said there was a whirlwind. It wasn't in the whirlwind. But then came a, a low silence, a whisper. And immediately Elijah 
but covered his face because he recognized that was the presence of God. God isn't always in the big, the epic. You guys, how big, epic, that's so easy for God. But God chooses to come in the smallest of ways. The kingdom is like a mustard seed. And the reason why we know that is because when the kingdom began, when Jesus showed up, he came in the smallest way possible. He came as a baby. And he was born in a manger next to like animals in a barn. In such a quiet, little tiny way. And then kings didn't come. Like it was just a couple shepherd people who came to welcome him. And a couple random foreigners came. That was it. And then what did he do? Then what did, did he raise armies and grow and, and take over Jerusalem and then, and then wage war against the Roman Empire and then create their own empire of Israel and take over the world? No. What did Jesus spend the, next, the rest of his life doing? He spent it in a carpenter shop, quietly building furniture. And then for three years, went around and he started to preach. And then you know who started following him? Fishermen, prostitutes, tax collectors, sinners. And then he died. He didn't take over the Roman Empire. He got killed by the Roman Empire on a criminal's cross. He didn't write any books. He didn't do anything in this world that people associate with great people who do amazing things. All the things that our parents tell us to become. Jesus was none of those things. Yet we keep saying, oh, I want to live and be like Jesus. Yet we spend all of our time trying to not be like Jesus by striving after big things. When Jesus says, it's quite the opposite. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 2 talks about what Jesus was like. It says, for he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, no beauty that we should desire him. This is what Jesus was like. He was not beautiful in the eyes of the world. Yet how many of us are striving and get our value from beauty? Right? Like if the way we look on, uh, you know, in the mirror or in Instagram, we like, we strive to look beautiful to the world and we think that's where our worth comes from. That's what we chase after. And the, Jesus is saying that is not the way of the kingdom. The kingdom is, is small. Jesus was not this mighty conquering king. He came from a nowhere place, hung out with sinners, the uneducated, what are you chasing after? What are you looking for in your life? We might sing Jesus on Sunday, but you're looking for a different king on Monday. And if that's what you're looking for, you'll be like the, a lot of the Jews who still, who are still waiting for their Messiah when he already came. Are you going to miss the kingdom of heaven because you're focused on bigger things? Uh, because here's the thing, to be honest, Jesus was a little underwhelming, huh? <laughs> For hundreds of years, God promised that he would, his king would come. And then when he finally came, it was just Jesus. And a lot of times I think the kingdom of God, and that's how the kingdom began. But you look at where it is now. It's not just one country. The church, the kingdom of Jesus is not bound by a single government 
or by a single country. It outlasted every human empire. It's outlasted every army that has ever, ever walked on this earth. It has taken over the world, every language, every culture, billions and billions, generation after generation, the kingdom has expanded and no one can stop it. Amen? That's what the kingdom of God is like. Even in our lives, the kingdom, like it's a mustard seed. You, be, you become a Christian, right? And you give your life to Jesus. You accept the gospel and you're like, all right, Jesus, you're my Lord. And then you have these expectations. You think now that I'm a Christian, everything is going to change immediately. I'm going to become like amazing at all these things. I'm going to stop struggling with sin. My life is going to become perfect. I'm not going to suffer anymore. And my family is going to be great. Everything is going to be great. I'm not going to have anxiety. Depression's gone. Everything's going to be wonderful because now I'm a Christian. God's going to come in with power. He's going to fix everything. That's exactly what the Israelites thought too. That the kingdom was going to come and the Messiah was going to come. He's just going to fix everything all at once and everything is going to look a certain way. And then they were let down and they walked away from him. How many of us thought that our, the, our life, once we gave it over to Jesus, would look different than it is now? And you're kind of let down and you're like, what? This is it? I don't feel all that different. I mean, maybe for like a week, I like felt things, but then those feelings went away. I went home after the retreat and my parents and my family is still broken and messed up. You know what? I thought I was over some of these sins, but heck, they start, they're starting to come back. And we start to be like, wait a minute. This is not what I expected. I expected more. Right? And then we start to doubt. Is God really enough? Is God really enough to satisfy me? Can he really change? Can the gospel really change me? And we start to ask these questions. Because the kingdom looks so small. The power of God looks so small sometimes in our life and it doesn't look like it's doing anything. How can Jesus compete in my life against all the technology and entertainment of the world that just keeps upgrading and uploading more and more stuff into my life. And it's so like, you know, grabs my attention. How is God, what is God going to give me to compete with that? Is God's kingdom going to give me something more entertaining, more exciting, more new? And then God says, here's what I'll give you, a book. Right? This analog, ancient Hebrew text from 2,000 years ago that hasn't been updated since. And you're like, what? God, this is what you're giving me to compete with the entire world and all of its temptations and its desires? And you're like, let down. You're like, yo, at, at the retreat, the pastor told me that life with Jesus is going to be amazing. And like, now I'm just sitting here in the morning, I'm like reading this thing and I don't know, it doesn't seem very exciting. You know? Hey, it's Friday night and I used to go out and, you know, hang out with my friends having a good time. Now I'm at church and I'm studying, I'm re singing these songs. They're like, what is this? not what I thought. It's not what I signed up for. Like, where's, is this the kingdom? Is this it? And we're like let down, right? Yeah. Exactly. The kingdom is different than you expect. It's a mustard seed. You're like, Jesus, I thought if I came in the kingdom, you would like fulfill all of my desires. 
And then you realize that it's not like that. You thought if I came into the kingdom, I would never be lonely anymore, that I would have perfect friends, that you would give me an amazing community of perfect people who would be my best friends forever. But instead, you know what he gives you? He gives you these weird, broken people that you would never be friends with in real life called the church. And he says, here, you get these guys. You're like, what? Can I like return this? <laughs> you know, like, uh, like, you know, like, God, I don't, I don't want this one. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, we're like, I want deep intimacy and all these things. And God is just like, oh, I'll give you that. Go into your room alone and close the door and pray. And you're like, really? <laughs> like, it just feels like I'm talking to myself sometimes. The kingdom of heaven is unexpected. It's different than what we expect, guys. And in the smallness, in the seemingly insignificant things that God gives us, something is going to happen that is going to blow your expectations away. That's going to be different than you ever expected. God is doing something to you that is quieter, that, but more powerful than you can ever understand. No one would have expected that an uneducated Jewish carpenter who died on a Roman cross would be sung by a bunch of like Asian people in America 2,000 years later. Who would have thought that? Does, do any of you even know who the, who the emperor of Rome was during the time of Jesus? Bet you don't know, right? Bet you don't sing songs about him. Who was the most powerful man in the world at the time? who the world looked at as this is the guy who is most powerful. That's what it's like. That's what the kingdom is like. He takes the things that we can never understand and then he will do something with it beyond anything we could ever imagine. You're like, what is me reading an ancient text that I barely understand going to do? It's not doing anything. You just wait and see. What is praying in my room by myself when it feels like I'm talking to the wall sometimes? What's that going to do? Just wait and see. The mustard seed, it's so small, so insignificant, but it grows and it takes over everything. Just like how the kingdom of God went from 12 dudes and now is billions. Every generation, every language, it's taken over. And it doesn't stop there. It's not just that the kingdom is going to be bigger and better than you thought. It's going to be, it's going to transform into something even beyond what you can even know. Because look what happens to this Mustard seed, not only does it get huge, right? But it turns into a tree. You guys know anything about plants? Mustard seeds are bushes. They don't turn into trees. Wait, is Jesus wrong? Aha, there's an error in the Bible. Or, you know, like, no, all of these guys back then in the first century, they knew that. They're, like, Jesus wasn't dumb, but he was saying that's what the kingdom is like. The kingdom, you think it's going to be one thing, but it transforms into something completely different. That's what your faith is like. You thought things were, you're going to be a certain way when you became a Christian and God's like, I have different plans for you. You thought you were just going to be slightly nicer person, that you're going to be a better version of yourself. I'm going to turn you into a completely different person. You thought you're just going to be a little better at everything. I'm going to transform you into a son or daughter of God. Come on, our expectations for our Christianity is way too low. It's not even too low. It's just in a different category. God has something in store for us that is way beyond we can ever imagine. 
Would you rather be a giant bush or a tree? It's a different thing. You're not just supposed to be a religious person, a slightly nicer person. God is going to turn you into his son and daughter, someone who is going to rule the kingdom of heaven together with God. Like That's what the Bible says. It's, it's incredible. C.S. Lewis says this, God's not trying to make, he didn't come and die to make nice people. He's not trying to make a better horse that can jump higher than other horses. He's going to turn a horse and give it wings, turn into a pegasus, all right? That's basically what it says. I'm just summarizing for time. We have to realize 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is not a better creation, a new creation. He has something completely different. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So if you're confused about what God is doing in your life, you should be because he's doing something new with you. If you're like, why, is God, why would God do this? Why would he let me struggle with these sins? I wouldn't do it this way. Yeah, you wouldn't because you're just trying to make a better version of you. God is trying to transform you into a brand new creature and you don't know how to do that, but he does. So you have to trust him. And it's going to be different than you expected. You got to trust him and realize that the kingdom of God is like a woman who takes a bunch of flour and puts some leaven in it. Leaven is like yeast, the thing that makes the bread rise, right? And you're like, okay, what, what, what is that? What? And here's the thing we don't understand. When you read this, you don't get how ridiculous this story is. It says a woman took leaven and put it in three measures of flour. You're like, okay, what, like three cups? No, it's actually 144 cups of flour. It's a lot of flour. Like nobody needs to make that much bread. I like looked up some baking blogs and you can make, what is it? You can make, uh, where, sorry, where, where are my notes? You can make 416 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. All right. That's 832 slices of bread. That's enough to feed like hundreds of people. That's a ridiculous amount of flour. And Jesus is saying, you throw some leaven in there. And like, once you put a little bit of leaven in there, like that leaven is going to disappear. It's going to look like it didn't even do anything because it's just gone. It's lost in the vastness of this huge amount of flour, but you can't even see that it's there. But then when the heat turns on, it's going to transform everything. That's what the kingdom of God is like. It looks so small. It looks insignificant. It doesn't even look like it's doing anything, but then it's going to transform everything. And that's what Jesus did. He took a few people and brought the gospel into this world through so small, the insignificant, and then suddenly the entire world was changed. And that's what he's going to do in your life. He's going to take the small, the seemingly insignificant things that you feel like, what is this even doing in my life? And then you turn around one day and you realize your, your entire life has changed and you're a different person than you used to be. And you don't even know how it happened. These small, that's what spiritual growth is like. It seems small. It seems like it won't do anything to your life, but it will change you. God matures us in the mundane things. 
A lot of us think that God matures you and you're looking for super big, epic events in your spiritual life. You're looking for giant miracles to happen or something crazy to happen in your life. That's why we wait for these retreats or these conferences thinking that God will only work in these giant, epic things. But most of the growth, most of the kingdom of God stuff is happening in the boring everyday over and over and over again things. That's where the kingdom of God is hidden in our lives. It's in the daily prayers. It's in the daily meditation of God's word. It's in the daily serving your family members, doing the dishes when you know you don't want to, but you know that your mom's tired. So because you love her and you want to show her the love of God, you quietly go and you do the dishes one more time, even though no one's going to say thank you. It's looking at somebody who looks like they need encouragement, but you're tired too. But because the love of God, you go and you encourage them. And then they don't even say thank you. They're like, whatever, and walk away. It's those are the things where the kingdom of God works into our lives and starts to transform us, the daily choosing to say yes to Jesus and no to our flesh. It's when you choose to hit that, to wake up and not hit that snooze alarm and get up so you can pray. It's that daily fight to forgive someone who's hurt you. It's when you lie and then you realize that you lied and you go back and you tell the truth because Jesus tells us to be people of the truth, even though you're going to get more trouble and no one's going to acknowledge that you did the right thing. But that's what's going to transform you little by little. These tiny mustard-like, seed-like things seem so insignificant, so inconsequential. Don't feel like it's even doing anything. It doesn't even produce the warm, fuzzy spiritual feelings that we associate with. It's the weekly giving tithe and offering when nobody knows about that you're giving at all except for our financial team. They know and they're going to give you your receipt for the taxes. Don't worry. But it's these little tiny things that no one knows. These are the things of the kingdom. It's the serving. It's the showing up week in and week out. And one day you turn around and you're like, when did I turn into a tree? (laughs) Right? Don't underestimate the little things that God calls you to do. The small acts of faithfulness. Sure, you fell into sin, but then the next time you get up and you say no and you fight temptation and then there's no one there to acknowledge that you did it, no one even knows, that is transforming you. You're like, I don't have time for God. You have time, you have, you have 10 minutes? You have no idea what can happen. You know, the most powerful times, time in my part of my day is the 10 minutes that I set on my timer and get on my knees in my kid's playroom and I just sit there on my knees and I'm like, God, I'm here. I'm with you. And I just spend that time with God. Sometimes I pray, sometimes I'm just there and I'm like, God, I'm here. And I just like, let. I just, I'm just there. I spend time with God. I don't do anything else. Sometimes, like nothing happens. Like actually, most of the time, it doesn't feel like anything is happening. Like I'll pray and stuff, but it doesn't feel like I'm like talking to him. Something like sometimes I'm not like getting revelation and breakthrough every time. Most of the time, it just feels like a lot of nothing is happening. However, something very significant is happening. And I've been doing that. And as I've been doing that week after week, day after day, I my heart, my life, my very being is being transformed because I am being near the presence of God. And he shifts my heart a little bit, my mind a little bit. And when every time I get off my knees, I'm a little bit more awake. I'm a little bit more real. I'm a little more connected to God. And one day I will be, I'm going to have wings, right? You're going to be like, when did those get there? I'm like, I don't know. 
It happened in those little moments where he transformed me into a new creation. I want to encourage a lot of you guys, especially you younger brothers and sisters who are like so frustrated. You're like, I thought everything was going to be different. When I became a Christian, Jesus, I gave my life to you, but then why does it still look this way? Don't worry. That's the way the kingdom is. It works in a way that you did not expect it to be, but you got to trust in God. You got to trust in him. If you accepted him and if you believed in him, the, the mustard seeds of the kingdom is there. So keep fighting. Don't just look for the big epic things. Don't look for big giant changes. Look for the little quiet things. Look for those quiet moments with the Lord. Those daily acts of faithfulness, they matter more than you can ever understand. And for those of you in this room who don't have any faith, who've never given your life to Jesus, or you're not a Christian, and you're just kind of like, man, how can I be a Christian I don't know if I could really transform my life like that. Here's the thing. The kingdom of God is a mustard seed. It's so small. If you have enough room in your mind or in your heart and you crack it open just a tiny bit, that's enough for the kingdom of God to begin in you. Do you have a little room in your life for faith? Open it to God. He doesn't need that much space to begin something that will transform your eternity. So open your heart to God. Even though you're like, yeah, but like my life sucks. <laughs> like I'm such a bad person. Don't worry. The mustard seed is small enough to be able to get into any heart that is willing to open it even the slightest bit to God. Let's pray. Thanks for listening to the Han Vision Podcast. We hope you are blessed. Join us next week on... Pond Vision!